All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Sample Hour. And I've already had Hotep Jesus on and the president, Doe Dubes. And now I'm honored to have on uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Uncle Hotep, or at Handy Mayhem on uh, YouTube and Twitter. Uh, thanks for joining me, Uncle Hotep. How are you doing today? I'm all right, man. I had to go into work today. I was kind of beat on that. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that because I usually work from home, but sometimes I have to go into work to do some training. Yeah, like um, you know, so I'm like, ah, I got to put some clothes on, so <laughs> I can't, can't go out the door. So um, it's a yeah, every day above above ground is good. We had voting in Pennsylvania. I went and voted today. I felt I feel great. I felt honored. I even snapped that sticker on my my shirt, my dashiki, <laughs> as I walked out the door. But other than that, I'm cool, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I uh, went. I went and saw some uh, friends and relatives up in Toledo last night. Drove back today and had to do some deliveries for the farm. And uh, yeah, man, just uh, happy to be here with you. I, I agree. Every day that I'm breathing is a good day. So if I'm alive, then I'm doing well. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, wanted to have you on. Um, I, I'm a. I'm. As obviously, I've, I've told you uh, off off recording. Um, big fan of Hotep's been told you, um, and just and actually your videos in general. I watched your one today about uh, the the special needs kid getting his ass kicked, and in uh, the uh, and then your your fight commentary too during it because you you watched that and that was that was pretty entertaining. Always happy to hear your your perspective on things, but I, I was always curious like how. Because I I think I followed you like four years or yeah I think it was 2015 was when I started following you and uh, I I didn't really start consuming your guys YouTube stuff until this year or a few weeks ago and I and I'd heard you on um, actually Jim Goad's podcast had been recommended to me so I heard you on Jim Goad's group hug a while back and it was it was pretty interesting and uh, and then I was just like you know I I kind of wanted to know what kind of shaped you to become uncle hotep because i think like you got a very unique view and i know you're older than hotep jesus um because <laughs> hotep jesus is a little bit older than me and, and you're you're okay. you're i think you're 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 just a little bit ahead of us in the, the next generation because i'm technically a millennial but i'm like an old millennial and i know you're a young gen xer so we're kind of like in this in-between area of generationally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just kind of curious about your background. I know you were in the military and you were a prison guard at some point, but just kind of like what kind of got you on your path to uh, to where you are now? Um, man, it's such a story. Um, I grew up in um, Exxon, Pennsylvania. Um, it's a little small town, um, you know, before – you know, back in the day, you know, before all, when they still had movie theaters, the people like that weren't like chain movie theaters and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I didn't. Um, I grew up with my mom and my dad for the majority of my life. They split up, um, like when I was in high school, I guess when I started high school. So majority, I w- I lived in like um, what you would say, uh, I don't know, a nuclear family or whatever. You call, hold on, let me um, no problem. I have some. Um, let me close something here. Um, you know, it wasn't a majority black um, neighborhood. Um, to be honest, <laughs> there were. I think it was me. It was like three, three black <laughs> families in the neighborhood. Uh, we didn't really have any too much trouble, you know. Um, yeah. 
maybe one or two dust ups, you know, um, on the bus. On the other hand, you know, what I mean? <laughs> on the bus, I really got the I really got the 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 end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as far as you know, but you know how kids are. You know, I don't like if, if that happened today, it'd be like. Oh, there's all this bullying on the bus. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. like to me that was just like normal stuff. You know what I mean? I got you got in a couple fights. You get you you get your ass kicked. You kick some ass, and uh, in a, in a way we went. You know what I mean? I didn't really think nothing of it. You know, um, my dad was from North Carolina. My mother was from she's from Pennsylvania. Um, you know, he moved up here when I don't know after he got out of Vietnam. Um, I don't know. I would say normal. I, I mean, I, we had some troubles, you know, um, you know, there was a lot of alcohol and there was a lot of like um, domestic violence, you know, when I'm growing up, you know, and uh, I don't know if that, that, that if I think sometimes when you like you have certain like, uh, I don't know, trauma growing up and something they might open your, your eyes to a lot of other things, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you have to cope with or anything like that, but you know, um, I don't know. I went, um, graduated high school. I went to college for a little bit. <laughs> it didn't work out too well, you know, but I, 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 I think I was destined not to, not, not to complete it that round. You know what I mean? Cause you know, I, I think I kind of had like a, I, I, I used to tell people I, like why I work at my job now, right? I was like, I used to tell people I came from a broken home. I wasn't lying. You know, I was dead serious, but they didn't believe me. They were like, man, how does he get this job? Like I worked in it, you know what I mean? I had like, you know, some people say decent job, you know, like, I, yeah, I mean, it's just work to me, but some people are like, yeah, they don't believe me. I'm like, no, I'm for serious. I had a fucking broken home. Man. <laughs> so, you know, after, you know, the college thing didn't work out like I wanted to, you know, I went there. I was like, my mom was getting like, get on my nerves. She was like, you better get yourself together. And, you know, and I had that, you know, that I don't know what they call it, that epiphany or whatever. You know, I was like, man, I'm gonna walk my ass down to the fucking Air Force recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and away we go. But that was the best thing I needed, you know. Yeah. Um, I needed that discipline, you know. That was like a shock. It was like even though the Air Force, I know people like it's the Air Force, it's bleed blue. They're they're fucking basic. I think it was six weeks. It's like the weakest uh, basic out of all the armed forces. But to me, that's all I really needed, yeah. you know. Um, because that you know that sparked the um, it really sparked. What it took to to succeed every day, you know what I mean? Like you couldn't like fucking, you can't call off sick, you know. You can't like like there's nothing you you got you better take your ass to work, you know what I mean? You better you better guard that F sixteen and the fuck with an M sixteen and walk around and counting rivets all night. Hmm. Um, uh, feel free to interrupt me. I don't. Oh want no to no no, this is right. fine. This is fine, man. I I like I like listening, man, because I think it's uh it's it's whatever I ask. I mean, nice thing is you're a podcaster and you do YouTube videos solo a lot, so you can you can talk. It makes my job easier as a podcaster. Okay. So, what yeah. I mean, so when you were in the military, did you feel um, did you feel did you ever feel like you were you were racially singled out or anything like that? Um, the thing about it, you know, going in the military, I don't know if if you if have you ever been if you've been no, like I, my um. A lot of people I work with have my farm manager who works works for me and with me. He was in the army, and then like a lot of my family that's in Kentucky went into the military, and like my cousin swears it was the best thing he ever did because it kind of got him out of his environment and taught him like certain discipline, got him out of certain habits or certain direction he was heading in. 
So yes. I, I know family members of mine have said that. Um, I, I went to, I believe that, you know, I need to go to school, get good grades, get a good job with benefits. And I believe that lie. I went to college and I used to be, my mom was super, uh, she's still like, she's liberal socialist, okay. I guess I would say like culturally she's classically liberal. Um, mm-hmm. but when it comes to political stuff, like she's, I mean, she was a big Hillary supporter and, uh, <laughs> and so we don't always see eye to eye or they're, I think her and my stepdad definitely suffer from Trump derangement syndrome. They're both smart. They're both educated. My stepdad's got, uh, he's got like a master's, uh, he, he went to Vanderbilt then he went to American and he was getting his PhD at OSU and then decided he didn't want to be a college professor. So he went another route, but they're, they're both very politically oriented but on the the left and my dad uh was he he just retired from a factory uh he retired from jeep in toledo and okay now he he works in the pipeline so i i never went in the military but it was kind of like my parents all made a bunch of sacrifices so i wouldn't have to i thought about it but i never did sorry that was a long answer to your question no 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 that's cool that's cool um you know it just you got to learn about a, lo- a lot of people from different parts of America. You know what I'm saying? Like people from Kentucky, people yeah. from California, like from down south. Man. <laughs> like I was uh, initially I went to Germany um, right out to shoot, um, which was cool. I, I liked it. I like Germany. Uh, but when I was in Germany, I got to go. I got to go to Italy. I got to go to uh, Saudi Arabia Um you know, then I went home to I came back and, and I served in, in Georgia. Um, yeah, like like you like you had mentioned, like uh, I think you said your cousin that, that, that felt like like he needed that. It changed his life. That's why I think it did to me, you know, and I, I'm, I'm eternally thankful for, for it. That's why people not necessarily join to like, you know, a lot of people like I, I was in the military before it was cool. You know what I mean? Now it's cool. Like, like when I went in the military, they were like, oh, good luck, man. Oh, man, get the hell out of here with that crap. You know what I mean? This was before, this was right the first Gulf War. This is how old I am. This was like right with the first Gulf War. You know what I mean? So, um, which I didn't go. I think I, 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 got, I got in after it was over. Yeah. So, I went into. Bill Clinton military, we're never going to war again. I remember I was told that. A lot of people would tell me to join. I think it was in the 90s. Some guy, I was in Toledo, and the guy was telling us to go, oh, we'll never go to war again. You know, they'll they'll sort it out. We're not doing that anymore. Like, little do they know. Um, (laughs) That was what was told, like, from 1992 to 98, or to 2000. I remember that was a big message in the 90s. Um, That's why the 90s are a great year, just just like what... You and uh, Hotep Jesus were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the 90s were the greatest generation. That's when America, <laughs> make America great again. That's when, we, that's when we take it back to the 90s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I got out because I was tired of it. You know, I think I felt I learned my lesson, like I, what I had to do. Uh, but I just wasn't, I wanted to do something else. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, I was uh, I was going I, my, I was my job in the Air Force it was security police so I was going to be a police officer so you know I tried to apply a couple of times I remember I apply I had an in in job with one uh, um, with one company uh, but I, I didn't go 
I, I, I forgot the test for some reason. I must have got past that, whatever. I fucked that up. Um, but anyway, I got a job working at a, a correction officer in Delaware, um, Gander Hill. And I think I did that for three years. And that's another job I'm glad I did because, like, and I always say this. I tell everybody this. Like, everybody in America should work, be a prison guard for one year. <laughs> and that will tell you, let, will let you know what America really is about, man. Yeah. It's really, it was, it was, that was another eye opener. You know, I wasn't from Delaware, you know, uh, I mean, Pennsylvania, Delaware is like, you go down there sometimes, you go down to shop, you know I mean? They got no taxes, you know what I mean? You go buy some big appliances or something, TV, but I never really hung out there too tough, but uh, it was like day and night, man. It was just like, Wow, you people, this, this is a warehouse. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, it was cool, but, you know, I would have stayed there. But, you know, as you can tell, I mean, working in a prison is kind of stressful. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got to watch. And the thing is, it's not, it's not always all the inmates. It's the guards, man. It's like some guards don't know how to um, approach, you know, individuals and shit like that. And how yeah. they, like... Guards have it. There's like there's a series of guards. And matter of fact, last year there was a riot. Not in the, um, there was a riot in Delaware prison. The one in Smyrna, and a, a a CO got killed. Man, it was crazy. Man, I I was I was like, damn, that could have been me. Yeah. You know, but uh, so it was a danger. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't a danger. Like Delaware prisons, the Gander one. It, I mean, I, I'm saying it like they just didn't kill somebody, but. It really wasn't as dangerous like as you see on the movies, like in Oz and shit like that. Like people weren't getting stabbed every 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 day or anything like that. Did they? So my buddy just recently, um, a guy, uh, he he had to go to jail for some nonviolent stuff. Um, it was plant related, and when he was there, he was telling me that um, the guards in Ohio, what they would do is like if you're a child molester, they'd single you out and they would have, they would either beat the shit out of the child molester. They they had inmates they knew. They would tell them who the, the chomo was and they'd just go beat the shit out of him. And then he'd get taken off into um, the infirmary and then he'd get back and then it would like be, he'd say like every month or so they would kick the shit out of a guy, like just beat him up mercilessly if he was a child molester. That That's that's the the most violent stuff i've heard about with ohio prisons so i i've never been in a prison and i'm hopefully never gonna go no, hopefully one. never <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not a joke no Yo, it's not a joke like like the netflix of you know uh what's that fucking show fucking um our age what fucking oh, the, oz. The chick, oh yeah the no, chick but, oh, oh, oz orange the is the new flick. black Orange is, Orange new, is new black. Yeah. They try to make it like no no you don't ever want to be in jail ladies and gentlemen you don't ever want to be in there you know, one thing I can say, um, like if you hang out with inmates all day, you start to pick up, you know, what they are. You know what I mean? You yeah. have to. It's kind of tough. You know what I mean? You have to like you want to be you want to know, them, it, you know, because I, I treat everybody the same. Like there was guards that would like the white guards would be easy on the white inmates. <laughs> they had the black guards that were easy on the black inmates. Then you had Uncle Hotep. That was fuck everybody. I'm gonna treat everybody the same. <laughs> I was like, man, sometimes I'm not even gonna lie, man. I was harder on some of the, the brothers, man. Cause I'm like, man, you should, you know, it's a trap out here. Why are you even in here, man? You doing this dumb stuff, man. Don't ever come back here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I was trying to at least help them out a little bit, yeah. you know, but 
you know, it was that type of games, you know what I mean? Then, you know, it's, yeah, it, it, the worst thing about it was you, your coworkers, and I hate to say that, man. Like, you know what, you know, the, the inmates are, you know what I mean? If you, like, if you give them respect, they're going to give you respect. Yeah. And that's how, that's how I try to carry it, you know I mean? I got in a, a little rough and tumble one one time, but I, it was, um, it was pretty much non-eventful, except for one fight, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty good though i mean because you were there for like you said two years or three years three uh three years like yeah three and a half, something to, like to kind of get out there and skate i mean it seems i mean i'd be pretty grateful um i yeah i mean I, i've never been i don't know i've never had a, the job or i had to i mean I, I was a door guy for a couple of years but i i mean i was not i was never trying to fight anybody it was just like hey let's just try to talk it down and some dudes I'd <laughs> some dudes I'd work with would just want to fuck him up. I remember my buddy Samaj, he almost threw Troy Smith down the stairs because we were trying to tell him, you know, take your hat off or you can pay us money and wear a hat. And it was like and uh I remember some we didn't he wouldn't show us his ID and he wouldn't take his hat off. And Samaj is about ready to throw him down the stairs. I'm like, yo, Samaj, let's take it down a level, man. And then <laughs> we look and it's Troy Smith and the I think he'd just been cut from the NFL. He was coming okay. back to Columbus to hang out and enjoy what celebrity he had left, and we were not allowing that to happen. So I think he was a little buttered about it. So, but I, I remember multiple times there was just dudes would escalate it when they didn't need to, and then like I have to have their back. But I, I never was in any fights or any tussles. So that's that's the closest I had to a job where I'd have to be physical, and it was just because I'm a big guy, and I think there's people look to you to be like an enforcer if you're a big guy it's like man don't rope me into that bullshit and i <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm not trying to get hurt like i mean like i, I might be big and all but fuck someone should have somebody could have a weapon or a knife or anything and you just don't know what's going to happen and i think like i think in a prison i mean it, i'd look at it as a similar way like they don't want to fuck a guard up but if they like felt like they had nothing to lose or they've been a career inmate or something like that like i know in Toledo, because I, when I was going to University of Toledo, like it's getting better now. But when I went there, it was pretty much a commuter school, and like we always we had to travel in groups because you'd get mugged otherwise. Right. So like if you'd go out, you had to go in like a party of five. And I was a big dude, so I never got messed with. But like I remember people would get armed robbery in their own in the party area and all this stuff. And I remember there was this one hookah bar, and this guy went up to this young kid who was a uh, he was he was shutting down the guy's like hey do you got 68 cents and a cigarette and he was like no i i don't man i'm sorry i don't smoke and i don't have any chance i don't have any money i mean the guy just stabbed him in like the heart a dude called 911 and then they got there and it turned out the guy was like a career prisoner and juvie had just gotten out and uh didn't know how to really assimilate into normal society because there's not a lot of support systems for that and then he just was like well i'm just gonna go back to jail and so I, yeah. I and I, I just remember that like when I was uh, I think I was like 22 when this went or 21 or 22 when that went down. And I just remember thinking about like, man, what would it be like if you're that young? So the dude was like my age and you you just get out and that's all, you know. So that's all you want to go back to. And I, I think like that that level of desperation is always scary to me about prisons. And like if I was in your shoes as a prison guard, that would that would be something I would think about. Yeah, man, like I remember with. <clears throat> like in some of the, the some of the uh, the dorms we used to call them where they ha- held the inmates you like they had an intercom system so you could listen into on on, on in the cell <laughs> kind of like you can, you can buzz them 
It's like a speaker system. You can just talk right into them. They hear it. But yeah. you can actually listen to everything they say. Right. Yeah. And I heard people say, you know, this guy got out. He did like, I don't know. He did like, like 12 months or something like that. You know, he was getting high. Yeah. He got out Friday night. He was back. He, Friday, he got out Friday, like Friday for breakfast. And he was back Sunday night for dinner. You know what I mean? He went out, get out got, he said, he told people. I heard him say, he's like, man, I get out, I'm going, I'm getting high. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to rehabilitate. He just wanted to do his time. He'd go back out there. He's going to get high. He went right back in jail. I was like, damn, this is crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just kind of weird. Like I think, like not to open up too much of a like make this be about prison reform because there's a oh, lot right, that right. could be done. But it's you know, they, it's it's just kind of funny. Like there's it's not it's it, our system is not designed for rehabilitation. It's de- typically it's just people get thrown in a system and they don't get out, or they become better criminals, or they they're forced to become more violent humans. Um, and I, I it's 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 this weird. Um, it's this weird thing that it's just it's become part of our culture, and it's uh, it's super disturbing. So, how did you? So, what made you like say, okay, I'm I'm just done with this shit. I'm gonna go. Did you decide I'm gonna go back to college, or what? What was kind of what well, you wanted to do next? Well, I was like, man, I got tired of doing it because I'm like, all you have to do to be a Christian, you don't have to be a genius to be a prison guard. You have to have a little bit of balls, <laughs> and you have to count to sixty. Like there's sixty inmates in the, in the, in the, in the tier, right? So. I was like, man, I could do something better. Yeah. So this was the time, like right before 2K rollout, and this is when com- the computer era really took off. This yeah. was back then. So I was like, I'm going to computer school. So I was, I was lucky. I was able to work like the swing shift and go to school in the morning, then work at the, at the jail at night. So I went to school, and, and then I got my computer certificate whatever, and then I took I took the first entry level job. I was making some bank too, man, because I was like, you can work overtime at, at the jails. Some jail some jokers were making like 70, 80k, man. I'm like, God, I was making some money. Yeah. So I I fucking took like an entry level job loading tapes in a fucking data warehouse, a data silo, man. And I, I started my IT career. You know, um, I don't I, that was a tough it was a tough couple years. You know, I didn't really get a job job until like like two years later, like a year and a half. It was like two years, a year and a half later. You know, I had to really fucking hump it at like $10 an hour working for a fucking, you know, a contracting company. They take their cut. You know what I mean? They yeah. only give you 10. It was, it was off. It was all messed up. But, you know, and then I've been, I've been in IT ever since, you know, and I, and I hey, uh, you got to take chances in life, you know, and I, that was one of the big chances, you know, I could have stayed there and, and just hoofed it out. But, you know, um, you, you, sometimes you got to jump, you know, and I, that was the one of the moments I jumped in life. Yeah, like so. When when did you start to kind of figure out? Because you guys, I mean, you guys are culturally conservative, but I think you you and Hotep Jesus, and the Hoteps in general, definitely more on like the liber, libertarian side of things. Right. Um, so when did you start to kind of like kind of wake up to things politically, or, or or start voicing more of your your opinions? I guess because well, you guys are more cultural culturally i guess but keep going sorry no no yeah yeah um you know my, probably my dad had a little influence um you know he's probably most you know he was kind of like 
socially conservative, but he voted Democrat all the time because you know that's what we did. Black folks we had to vote Democrat. But yeah. what the social like is what from socially he was a conservative. He was from North Carolina. He was really yeah. conservative, you know. So I think I got it from a little bit from that. But you know, being in IT, and you know that was another thing. Being in that in the computer field, you know, when the internet just started booming, that's when you know the, all the information out went out there. You know, I was deep dive. I took it like a deep dive into conspiracies and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. And you know, I started reading stuff, and I'm like, wow, man, what's going on here? Wow, what's going on here? And then you know, I think um, that year when I got the the, the job job, I I really started working. And, you know, that was 2001. You know, and then like. I think I got hired in July and like, yeah, July and a couple months later, boom, you know what I mean? And the world changed yeah. forever, you know? So that really opened my eyes because, you know, I thought there was a lot of these things fishy. I don't want to get into that, but I was just like, there's some stuff I got to search out and stuff like that, you know? So and that, you know, that, I guess that was, you know, it's been an ongoing thing with me. You know, I've always been, you know, um, uh, you know, um, uh, a, a skeptic, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and that I think I think that kind of helps, you know. And that's word, another thing. I think I've been a skeptic because, you know, when I grew up, I didn't really have an ideal childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. And on the outside, it looked cool. We were like in a, in a nice middle class neighborhood, but the inside, it was it was hell, Brooklyn's, right? So, <laughs> so, like, I I think I took that like. There's more than meets the eye with everything. So I, yeah. I, I guess I was a born, a, a natural born skeptic, and that's why I got into, you know, more political things and, and, and things of that nature. Yeah. Did your dad have any Agent Orange stuff too? Like I know, like my my uncle, he was in Vietnam, and he he had like a, I think he had two tours, but he got he 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 passed away of all kinds of weird cancer shit from Agent Orange. So I was just curious if that happened to your dad or um, if it was just just kind of like probably post-traumatic stress stuff. No, no, he died. He did die from cancer. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, but it was, I think it was just smoking afterwards. He he got out. All right. Um, but you know, he, he, he told me he was, he didn't really talk about it. Yeah. And I really didn't ask him, but yeah, you know, but when he was, um, you know, when he was, you know, with cancer, you know, there's you got, you got to get your stuff ready. We talked to lawyers, and we, he had to tell his story. And you know, I I sat I sat and listened to him say some stuff about Vietnam. You know, and uh, and like them having to shoot kids and stuff like that. You know, they said he had to do it because they was running up and throwing grenades in the in the truck. I'm like, God damn! Like, and you know, I think that stuff haunted him. You know, oh, yeah, I having a, a gun down a little boy. But he's working for the, you know, the yeah, Viet Cong, so they, they were just trying to survive out there. It seemed like to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy thing to have to to deal with like that. I mean, I I hear all those stories about that. My uncle Ray, I never asked him about it. He talked a lot about post Vietnam, and he was just kind of this wild dude from Maine, and he just would get in all these street like all these fights, and then like the cops would just beat the shit out of him, and then the judge would look at him, and they just let him off. And like, cause he would fight cops in the jail and like, he was just this crazy guy, but it was, it was back in like the seventies or the sixties, like post Vietnam time where it was just like, oh man, they beat the shit out of him. All right. They gave him what he deserved. We don't need to follow up with any jail time. Right. And, uh, but I, that was, he told more stories about that. I never asked him about Vietnam. I know he had to go, um, 
he had to go and like confront some officer because him and his brother were both on the front line and that wasn't supposed to be a thing. And uh, and so that was the most he ever told me about that. I was I was super close with him, so I'm always. It's it's interesting because it, it's like uh, that was now we're all about you know support support the troops, um, and uh, but I'm right. guessing that's that's probably a big influence too as to why I know for me like I, I was very anti-war because of what I saw my uncle Ray go through with health, um, you know going into jaundice and stuff from having weird cancers and stuff from Agent Orange so. Was that kind of like what made you be like more anti-war? Or was it just the just just kind of in general uh, September 11th and looking more deep into that stuff? Well, no, I was just me being in the military, knowing what them folks have to sacrifice every day. Yeah, you know what they have to go through every day. I don't want their lives, you know, put in dangerous in dangerous in danger needlessly. Yeah. You know, I don't want to die for, I don't want them, the folks to die for BS. Yeah. You no. Know? And that's why I'm like, <laughs> I think we should have a more reserved uh, reason. Like, we shouldn't be the, the world's police. Yeah. We still shouldn't be in Afghanistan. You know, it's, it's, that's why I, re- I really um anti-war. I mean, <laughs> I'm anti-war to an extent. I, I mean, Hey, if it ever comes down to it, we got to throw down. You got to throw down. Yeah, yeah. But, we definitely you know, have uh, a military that's prepared. I mean, what's the? It's like an old proverb: like, prepare for war so you stay at peace. Um, right. And I used to be about disarmament and all that shit. Um, and I think like reading Thomas Sowell really kind of helped and listening to like him. And I and it, and now too, it's like you know we really can't disarm too much because being the world police and fucking up as much shit as we have in other countries. Like we kind of have to always be on guard because we've pissed off a lot of people on the planet. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think about that a lot. That's something I'm I'm not, I don't have very solid views on or, or a solid opinion on, but I I think it's like probably good to have a, a strong military, but maybe not spend so much money or not have such ridiculous spending on governments like with the military. Um, that's a whole other that could be a conversation for later um but um yeah so anyway so uh september 11th uh takes place you got your first it job you'd always been kind of libertarian in a sense or or more socially conservative um so when did like so when did you you start like what made you kind of want to start the youtube channel and, and what was your original thought with doing that and versus like how it it what it turned what it's turned into um yes wow um when i first started doing youtube um i used to just i used to listen to david carroll you know okay. i don't know if you ever listened to him uh-uh. but he's uh he's a black conservative uh he's he's a pretty pretty good uh pretty good guy but most of his stuff has been like he took most of his stuff down like you can see he he still he still puts up videos but like his old videos are all gone right um and he was a pretty big influence i'm like man this guy is great man and then i seen tommy sotomayor and he was just doing videos man i'm like man these guys are just speaking their mind and everything else you know i thought that was cool you know and um and then i you know i had uh, my first daughter and I don't know. I just wanted to. Um, there was two things. I wanted to get my my opinions out there. Uh, I wanted to get my voice heard. 
I felt like if if David, oh okay, yeah, if David Carroll and Tommy Sotomayor, okay, and there's other ones, you know, uh, Sticks and Hammer was uh, one of the I, I followed for a while, you know, I was like, man, let me give it a try, and I just started, you know, but, but the, back to my daughter, I wanted to like, you know, have a video um, time capsule, you know what I mean? I wanted to. Um, like after I die, whatever, you know, everybody has to go someday, you know, <laughs> she's still going to be here. Hopefully, you know, so one day she can just like, hey, let me play my dad's YouTube videos and let's listen to him talk. Yeah. I thought that would be kind of cool. You know what I mean? They can do it. Now her kids can watch it, whatever. You know, <clears throat> that, that's like if you want to put reasoning aside, you know, it was like maybe a, a side gig and getting my uh, my uh my thoughts out there and then having the time capsule for my daughter, you know, it was, it was kind of meshed. And I, I was like, I wanted to know what I was about, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, what my real opinions are. Cause we might, and we'll try to, I'm going to try to have these conversations. I do with making some of these videos or our overall theme with it, with her. I, I, I intended to have that discussion with her, but there might be some things she might not know about me or what I, uh, what I thought about it. So, um, that was the pretty much the reason I started that YouTube channel. And, you know, I got uh, miraculously, you know, I, I think I um, Mike Cernovich put me like I, somehow he put asked me to be in his his movie. Um, uh, silenced. So I went and did a, a bit with with him. You know, it was in the movie. And it, it's it just I was on I was on Twitter. I only had like 800 followers. Then he put me in there, right? <laughs> and then it was just it just blew up after that, you know. And then um, I started having a lot of followers and shit like that. And so um, now I got like I got twenty thousand Twitter followers and like forty thousand um, subscribers on YouTube. Even though they're, I'm getting they're doxing me, they're, they're they're taking my followers every every day. So <laughs> it's it's crazy. Sticks and Heimer just made a video about hey they're 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 just they're they're getting his they're they're uh, they're shadow banning his channel. They're, they're slowing his growth. You know, he just made a video about it. And Ruben, the, I don't know if you read, you, you know, the Ruben report. Yeah. He said the same thing. I was like, man, I've been noted. They did this to me since for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> like they did this to me. See, they now they can notice it like it's starting to stagnate because I, I shot out there. I shot out the 40. But now if you watch, like I, I you can look at the that that. um that statistics screen. I've been losing followers every day. That's pretty crazy because it's, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I, you know, something I was talking to Hotep Jesus about is you you guys are dangerous because it's not that you're you're preaching a message of family values. It's like a, like just what you said, why you started. Like there's you guys aren't or you guys are trying to do your own thing. Number one, so you really can't be bought, and you're not going to like cater to somebody else to try to get yourself over more because there's yeah. a certain level of integrity that you guys clearly have and so like like hotep jesus getting banned by tp usa and stuff <laughs> like that for not wanting to toe the line and brandon tatum uh blocking him on twitter like it's it's just it's interesting to see because you guys are in this in-between space where you're you're the hoteps or, or the and i think you guys say it best we're the we're the real black conservative wing of the black community. Right. And it's not necessarily, um, cause I like, I like Larry elder here and there, but I think yeah. at, at times he is, he's a bit of a showman. I mean, he's, he's had a radio show for years. Yeah. And so he does kind of juice it up at times, I think in, in areas 
to cater to the audience. Um, and then I think too, like I'm I'm a big fan of like uh, you know Glenn Lowry and and John McWhorter too. I like hearing what they have to say and uh, Thomas Sowell obviously and Walter Williams. I like those guys. But you guys are more like you have the working class vibe. Like you're just dads right. that are figuring yeah. it out, and it's more you're the everyday men and taking advantage of the internet. And it's not and it, and I think it's and I think that's what's so powerful about you guys is just because it is a very organic thing. Like that's why I I came to follow you, and I think that it's interesting to see. It's not surprising that you're getting shadow banned because you guys, um, and also too, you guys are very good at being um, controversial, but not being over the top about it. Right. And I think that's and that's another reason why you're dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you you're totally right about that. You know. Um... I will say that that we, we I think we do a job of trying not to like I see I see some of the, the people are way over the top and and for no reason at all man I'm like we're still like we're still talking about other human beings and other things like that you know I think you got to you got to take it in I think we do a good job of pe- keeping it in perspective and you're right like we're regular people you know what I mean They're like we're not like like um we're you just going to go to work of- today you yeah, <laughs> I had to go to work. I had to drive into work today, man. It's like I'm like I'm not like we're not like um. You don't know what what these guys are doing. Like you know, people that get on Fox every day. You know, what I mean, that's their job and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they make a lot of money doing that. They're not they're not in in touch with you know what families have to go through every day. Yeah, they're not. They're just not. Well, you I know, think, and, I think something uh, else that resonates with me. Like I was a big Patrice O'Neill fan. Like I yeah. uh, like I'm. Like I, I was, I had a, I have a comedy promotions company. Never made any money, but like I'm, I'm, inv- I was involved in that business, and I loved his brand of comedy because it was based on his integrity. And right. I think, and I think it's, it's, I would really compare what you guys do to the way he practiced his free speech and his comedy, and not wanting to sell out to major corporations, much to the detriment of his own career. And I right. think it's so. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but that I just want to kind of tie those things together. You guys are less yeah. offensive than Patrice, obviously, but Patrice is—he's still a legend. <laughs> yeah, Patrice. Yeah, rest in peace to him, man. Uh, he was, uh, you know, if you go on the internet forums, he—he gets a, he gets a lot of respect on, on the internet forums and out in the like he like he it was untimely death for 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 real for real. For real. Yeah, um, you're saying something though before I interrupted you with that, so uh, I just drew it up there. So sorry about that, Uncle. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's. Uh, you know, we're just everyday guys, you know, um, you know, the Hotep thing came along, you know, um, like while we're like what oh, during this time, like where I'm starting to gain followers and stuff like that, you know, um, this is like when the Twitter was kind of sort of the wild, wild west, you yeah. know, um, you know, the feminists started like the people that were trying to have a conservative mindset and i think we sparked it you know i think me and vibe high and a couple others we sparked it because i think the the black conservatives were were afraid to speak their mind you know i think yeah. people were afraid to, to talk back to you know the liberals the black liberals that, that were on the tv and the and the feminists but we were the first ones to go at them like man get that stuff out of here we're not doing that no more right and then you know the feminists they started calling us hotep because we 
we actually believe in, you know, um, two parent households and everything. Normal life. Like, you know, what I mean, the Brady Bunch, we believed in that. Oh, my gosh. You know, heaven strike us down. So they started they started trying to make fun of us calling Hotep. You know, Hotep means peace in Egyptian. You know, you know, there was always like a, um, you know, Afrocentric, you know, Hotep kind of vibe in the black community it was kind of stronger back you know in the 90s early 90s once again the 90s brought up but <laughs> but you know it kind of went went away in the, in the last couple of decades but you know she started they started calling us hotep right and then we were like me and vibe we're like man let's we'll just call ourselves so we'll 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 screw it we're hotep you know what i mean so you know and then you know um vibe uh put up hotepnation.com and you know, we're we're just off and running, man. We're just trying to, you know, it's like a sem, it's like a, a grouping, very put not put well put together, but organically we can move together. We all got to do our own things. We try to help each other out, and we're just trying to keep things keep things moving. Yeah. Now, did you now did uh, vibe did. Did he reach out to you first, or how did you guys first start? Because um, I didn't realize the first time you guys met was at uh, Maj's oh, event. Yeah. Like, I, that kind of blew me yeah. away, because you guys have been uh, friends online now for a couple of years, so or more than that. So it was I was kind of blown away. I thought you, get, you, you had known each other and met each other before. Because um, I bought a ticket to go to support Maj, but I was like, man, I can't swing a New York trip. And now I'm just like, damn, right, I right. wish I would have went there. That would have been cool. Um, yeah. So that kind of blew me away that that was the first time y'all had ever met because you guys have really good chemistry and it's like it seems like you guys have been friends for a long time. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, you know, I just started following him on Twitter because, you know, uh, he was one of the ones that was just going at the feminists. He was just going at everybody. You know how he does on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. He's, he, he's got his troll game. He says he's not trolling, but this troll game, his satire is pretty up to par. And he would like stir up black Twitter, you know, and black Twitter is just like, I don't know. It's, it, <laughs> it's, it's kind of this collective of, well, back then it was a collective of, of the more popular uh, Twitter um, uh black people on Twitter and you know they were actually wildly influential back then you know they, it's kind of got watered down now but they would like whatever they said goes you know what I mean on the timeline that's what the timeline was talking for today and then um you know he was good at trying to shift the shift the, uh, the narrative you know and then that it that just went off like that that's interesting so then you got the hotep nation now did you guys think it would be like it would because it, it's still growing and i think uh right. like uh um you know i had a good talk with with doe the other day and i didn't realize how young he is and he's super sharp and it's just like you guys are, are all iron sharpening iron and it's right. um it's cool to see and, it, and and how organic it is like how where do you got like did you think we're just gonna run with this because this is fun, and then it kind of turned into something. Or did you, did you guys have a call? Hey, I think we have something here. We should start building it. Or was it just let's just let's just keep rolling and keep pushing and see what happens? I mean, it was kind of like we just took it and ran with it. You yeah, know, yeah. I was like, yeah, like we were just like, hey, man, it's like look, we got to do something. You yeah. know, and I think the thing was like it. 
I'm not saying there's something wrong with like the mainstream black conservatives and stuff like that, but you know what I mean? It's like sometimes they're not attached to the streets, you no. know? And I think me, Vine, we, we can like, we can go both worlds, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the streets is, is way different than, you know, where I think some of these guys are, are, are what the black conservatives are talking about, you know? They, they um, just seem more, I, I, I said the vibe, they just seem more assimilated. And it's, right and it's and it's um and I think it's it's kind of like that uh I think even like you know like Thomas Soul like I love Thomas Soul dude I love the dude's books has changed my life I I really I learn a lot every time he did another he just released another book and they did another Hoover Institution interview with him and he's like for a guy that's like pretty much ninety years old the guy's still super sharp and it's very interesting to hear what he says but he's also like a more old school guy and a lot has changed in the world since then and now it's um there's just more of a feeling of assimilation and and growing up in the inner city for him as he said multiple times was very different than what it is today and i think and i think and that's in every major inner city because it's just uh the inner city has just largely been um abandoned i think much like a lot of poor rural areas have and i think and, and i think it's and that's what's always interesting to me because they're like the cultures are, are are similar they're not the same and it's hard to say that it's the same but when you look at i mean just what drug use plagues what areas it's typically poor rural areas and poor inner city areas and it's mm-hmm. also pinning the poor people against each other and so it's 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 it, I guess that's the thing I would say. Um, maybe I'm not saying it's the right term, but I feel like more black conservatives today, it's more of a it, it's more of an assimilation feeling if they're younger. And and I don't and and again, like I I can't necessarily I'm I'm not going to say I'm an expert on the the subject, but <laughs> <laughs> but I would say like that would that would be the term I might use for that um, because it's, it's and like you said it's. If you can go in both areas, you can survive. I and mean, then it's really because I've I've always felt similar. Like I never really fit into corporate America, but I did well. But I always stood out, and I was always um, it was just one of those things. Like I'd, I'd always stand out, and I'd, and if I had a good boss that protected me, because I'd always speak my mind and probably say things I shouldn't say. Uh, that then that that's what would happen to me. But now, like I feel like what I like about entrepreneurship it is it allows me to like create my own space so um, I can stay connected to real world, like real people in the real world. And then the phony kind of corporate world too, where you have to right. put on a face. And I think, um, you know, a good, a big mentor of mine, something he told me before too, is that um, and it was something like, and he, he was higher up. Like he grew up in the inner city. He's, it's my friend Jim. He's a, he's a black guy, and like he's like my uncle. Like I've known him my whole life. And something he had told me, like when I was a young man working, he was like, you know, like being a black man and going into corporate America, like you you have to put on a different persona immediately. And it and it was something that I don't know that was from his experience, but like I thought about that too, and I always kind of related to it because I always felt like, man, I, I can't be my fucking self here. Like I, I'm not a political correct guy. I'm not right. necessarily offensive, but I'm going to talk about topics you're not supposed to talk about. And so, and then, and that was just kind of like that, that, that idea. So I don't, I don't even know if I helped what you were trying to say, Uncle Hotep, but all that shit came out. So sorry if that derailed the conversation. 
<laughs> no, no, that's 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 cool. That's cool. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. My stand out. I remember when um, I used to work at the help desk, um, and this was after the second Iraq War was going on. And I yeah. used to put picture. I used to put political pictures on my cubicle, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, cause they weren't really showing what was going on, right? So yeah. I was like, I would go through the net and I would put up pictures of what really was going on. And some of the stuff, it wasn't like super graphic, but it was like, man, it was like people were like, I, like I had a picture of Ariel Sharon on my on the back of my kid and stuff like that. And they were like, and and eventually somebody was like, hey, they were cut it out, man. They were, they made me uh, take it down, but it was. Uh, I understand what you're saying did not stand out, but yeah, I think. That's the, you know, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say it about why I think we, there was a, there was a, a hole for us because I think, you know, I think mainstream black America does, it looks at black conservatives look like, uh, these people are weirdos and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when they look at their hoteps, I think they'll say, they'll still say the same, oh, they're weirdo, weirdos, but they understand where the hoteps come from. Cause you know, there's been like. You know, you know, from like, um, like let's um, there's been a long line of like Hotep type, you know, black in black America going from, you know, uh, Booker T. Washington to Marcus Garvey to Farrakhan to Malcolm X. They, if you would have put them into if they were in the world today, they would be literally the definition of Hotep. So I think black America uh, understands Hoteps a little bit more. But they did, and then it's just they disassociate with black conservatism because they associate that with Fox News and everything yeah. else, quote well, unquote, white people. Well, it seems like I mean it's just funny because how much like you know Trump was really referenced in most rap songs that he wrote, <laughs> and it's and it's like man, like can we just pretend like black people really aren't MAGA? I mean, it, <laughs> can we just quit pretending that? I mean, it's like you hate him because you're told he's racist and all this other stuff, which, I mean, I'm not going to say he's not an asshole because he's definitely kind of an asshole and a dickhead a lot of times. But he's also a fucking heel pro wrestler. I think, like, you know, when you look, I mean, he's also in the WWE Hall of Fame, which people should pay attention to. And (laughs) Linda McMahon is in his cabinet. I mean, like, they're not, what they're doing is very much so pro, his his like he's like a heel pro wrestler and his marketing and his brand of humor to me is very much so 1990s to early 2000s pro wrestling and it's and it's 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 fascinating because of how effective it was um but you know like that that's something too man i was watching your one video uh when you're in your barber shop Okay. And your barber is just mercilessly saying awful <laughs> things to you, and you are just laughing it off. And it, you're recording because it's like, yeah, this is my life, and I just deal with it. And it's just what it is, man. But this is what I deal with, and there it is. Yeah, that that was election time was kind of rough. You know, um, I did vote for Trump. Um, I don't regret it, even though like some of. The, like I, I think I realized how deep I think a lot of us realize how deep the deep state is. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. I think um I'm gonna give him a pass on some things that he wasn't able to get done. Um but you're right, you know, that's what killed me about black America, man. I'm like, y'all loved the shit out of Trump before he ran for uh for office. And that's that's on record, man. <laughs> you know, we we can prove that. 
You know what I mean? There's plenty of pictures going around. Y'all hugged up with this guy. <laughs> and now all of a sudden he runs for office. And they pull the old, all oh, the racist Republicans is out to get y'all. And y'all fell for it like you do every time. And y'all voted against him, even though his policies are the ones who probably help you the most. And they have been helping us the most. Well, especially if you're a small business owner. I think yeah. if you're a W-2, the tax cut, man, that really didn't help you out. But, man, you no. should really look into being a contractor. You should really look at alternatives to just punching a clock because I feel like that, man, I feel like that's really kind of going away. And it, and it not saying that jobs aren't going to exist, but, like, you got you to gotta fend for yourself because corporations are getting too big and incredibly inefficient. Like, I remember I just before I started farming, I got laid off by Time Warner with that merger. And I remember okay. towards the end, like we had two departments that were responsible for the same thing, and it seemed like they weren't even aware of each other's existence. <laughs> and, I feel, and I know, like, there's regulatory things like that for farming in Canada, where like I do, I do microgreens. That's just like, uh, and you can, because I'm in the city, it's easy. It's like a, it's kind of a grind. Like we have to plant twice a week and all this other shit. But one of my teachers was a suit out of Vancouver, and he just told me, "Well, there's two. You know, you have to get set for inspections. And I have one guy that comes and inspects me, and is he, a to- he looks for something else. Then another guy inspects me, and he dings me for what the other guy told me to say. And it's just like any big form of bureaucracy just becomes horribly inefficient. And I think, and that's just where all these corporations are going. And it's it's people need to kind of where can I fit in? Like, and I think people really want more face to face, old school, hotep transactions. Man, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's be real people. Let's let's look for each other. Let's be responsible. Let's take responsibility. Um, and I and and I think that's what's really powerful about you guys' message. Um, where did the term shine and the Akata come from? I've been like dying to know. I said before we started recording. One of your first videos I watched, I put in the comments, who are the shine? And somebody said, oh, it's like the shining. I'm like, I don't think that's what he's talking about. And somebody said, oh, it's the shoe shiners. And I was like, well, (laughs) maybe, maybe that's what he's saying. So I was always curious where, because it's funny when you guys talk about this stuff. And it's always, (laughs) and I'm always wondering, like, which one of these guys came up with this? This is hilarious. And and what exactly does it mean? Well, I, I took that from David Carroll. You know, okay. he if you watch his video, he used to always say shine. I'm like, what? And I, it was like, if you ever hear a word, the one thing I love about black people <laughs> is <laughs> they are, we are so inventive with words, yes. slang wise. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, if you, if you want somebody to tell you a story and you want to be entertained by it, you better get a black person to do it. Yeah. So anyway, but I, I guess shine was I guess they used to call black folks shine back in the day. I think I'm not sure which which why it was called. Yeah, I've, I've read um, because, you know, the shine of this off the skin in the sun or. And like you said, the shoe shine. I'm not sure if it. I'm not. I've never heard of the shoe shine one really. I think I've read. Um, I read about this, but the color of skin. That's but that's why I just got. It. I just got it from David Carroll and uh, Kata. You know, that's a Nigerian word. Um, it's kind of. It's. It's a Nigerian word. You know, <laughs> it's. It's not meant to be insulting. You know, yeah. like I, I say these things. I don't really mean to be insulting. Like I'm trying to like like. 
I just break up the monotony. I don't want to use the N word all the time and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I just want to have this, this, just being entertaining. But also, know, too, but, like, that was something I wanted to say. Sorry to interrupt, but you, you guys don't really curse on your show or really say, I mean, Hotep Jesus kind of does push the limit. And then you'll kind of say, oh, cut it out, man. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to reel him in, man. I'm like, yeah. what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> So he'll say the more offensive things of the two, but anyways, keep going. Um, you're not. You're. It is entertaining. I mean, when you guys say it, it's like you'll break it down, and and it's mainly you're you're trying to classify like what I what I've what I've experienced because I've watched close to all your guys' shows. Um, is it's it's like the people that aren't that are kind of dialing it. It's I would say. Well, somebody, it, yeah, keep going. If somebody does something dumb, like like it's just regular. Dumb stuff, man. Or just like I'm just talking. But like Akata is like, you know, it's a Nigerian word. It's supposed to mean just um, an African away from the continent of Africa. And it's like, you know, the actual, the original translation was like, uh, I think for a panther, you know. So they, it's like, it's supposed to be like a wayward cat, a cat away from home. And they, this change over to African Americans or, or like, uh, or like Africans in the UK. But, it, but, you know, some people in America try to say it means cotton picker because I think they, they said it in one movie. They try to make it. They made it that in yeah. one movie. But it's, it's not to mean to be insulted. I just mean I like I call myself an Akata. But it, it's just it's just a non it's an African way, not literally. Well, what I'm an American, but more African lineage. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. That that makes sense. It's 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 entertaining, but I always like it, it would always throw me back, and I was like, "Man, who's he calling China?" And then I remember you guys went in this big rant about Steve Harvey because he was saying something, and then you were like, "Well, but." And at the end of the day, we just got to know Steve Harvey's a shine, and that's the biggest <laughs> problem. <laughs> okay, it was it was pretty funny, man. Um, we're close to the end. I did want to. Um, yeah, I guess we can just kind of plug your guys' stuff. What's so if people they uh, hopefully after this you'll you might as well hopefully get some new listeners. Um, but if people want to support you guys, and if they they would tune into your videos or and your guys' other work, like what's the best way for people to to follow your guys' work and and uh, check you guys out? Um, just to follow me on YouTube, just. Uh, type Uncle Hotep in the search bar. It'll, it'll bring it to my channel. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Handy Mayhem. Um, you know, uh, Hotep Jesus is vibe high on Twitter, and he is. is uh, I think. Uh, I think you can uh, Hotep Jesus. This this type Hotep's been told you. That's um, yeah. that's our podcast. We do every Thursday night at eight. Um, you can catch us live. We do, we stream it live. Uh, we also um, I to uh, upload the audios to SoundCloud. So. If you don't want to watch it on YouTube, um, you can get the audio link the next day. Um, you know, you can support Patreon, uh, PayPal. Uh, we both have CoinBits app. That's uh, uh, Hotep Jesus has a, uh, a a Bitcoin app. You know that allows you to uh, give, or you can have make your own account. And you can uh, invest in, and it makes it e- investing in Bitcoin a little bit easier. As you know, every it, Bitcoin is. Is is up a little bit, you know. I, I made some. I made some shillings, or I'm, I'm I'm up. I haven't cashed in yet, but I, I made some shillings so far. Well, hopefully it holds on. But uh, 
that's how you can reach us, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, I haven't done any podcasts and stuff in a while, man. I just, you know, I, I, I was apprehensive. I was like, man, I'm not doing any more of these, man. I, I don't know. I just, I like, it's cool. It's just like, I don't know. I've just been busy, you know, because, you know, I have a, a, a newborn, right? Like yeah. a one year, you know? So it's like, I barely, I barely have time to do my own content. So I'm like, when you got to get on a hop on somebody else's, it's kind of, kind of difficult. But, you know, I got to, I got to. I gotta spread my wings more. I'm, I'm glad you uh, asked me on. I, I feel honored. Well, man, I was honored that you said yes. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I really enjoy your guys' content, and thanks, thanks for the kind words, man. I mean, you guys are, I really appreciate what you guys do and the message you guys put out there. And I think, you know, one thing is it's it's interesting for me when I share your guys' content. When like I, I shared um, something Maj had shared, it was like you know all all gun control is racist, and my uncle who's a Man, he's he's just kind of. I don't think he's a neocon, but he sometimes <laughs> comes off as one, and I'd have to troll him a lot when that happens. He like was like, I don't see why it's it's why keeping guns away from felons is a bad idea. I'm like, <laughs> man, he's not a liberal guy because, and I'm like, racist is a term that's pretty much been uh, taken over by white liberals. And right. and it's it's mainly and and Maj is really just shining a mirror on it, and it's it's interesting to see Maj's tweets especially because people just see a black guy with a positive message, and yeah. they just want to get behind him, and they don't necessarily know like oh he's running as a libertarian or make the hood great again like they think he's <laughs> making fun of Trump, but it's like now he's he's just good at marketing and cashing in right. and saying in this in between thing, and I think. You guys all do a great job of that. So I've, I've learned a ton from you guys and really enjoy. Sorry, man. My fucking cat won't get the hell off. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Sorry about the, the cat there. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, a pleasure. Hopefully I can have uh, more, you know, have you on again sometime soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for putting out content. Please continue to do something, man. All right, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And uh, support, support the sample on Coinbits app as well. And looking forward to bringing you guys some more episodes soon.